This is the Cato Daily Podcast for Wednesday, June 9th, 2021. I'm Caleb Brown. Embracing economic liberty and showing respect for commercial enterprise were key to the massive human advancement made in the last few centuries. So says Art Carden in his new co-authored book with Deirdre McCloskey, Leave Me Alone and I'll Make You Rich, How the Bourgeois Deal Enriched the World. They argue that the hands-off bourgeois deal is always under attack, but worth preserving. People are familiar with Deidre McCloskey's bourgeois trilogy, the, these big sweeping books about how we got here in terms of wealth, the famous hockey stick. But what's the bourgeois deal and when was it struck? The bourgeois deal is a deal that society struck with the bourgeoisie, the innovators, the merchants, those who basically just wanted to be left alone, who wanted to be able to buy low, sell high, come up with new stuff, invent, I don't know, a new strain of rice, invent a, a different way to carry the world's information in your pocket. And the cool part of the deal is that by leaving them alone and letting them innovate, Steve Jobs, Bill Gates, um, the great innovators of the 19th century, they made us rich. So we are much, much wealthier today than we used to be. And our lives are much, much better than they used to be, simply because we decided as a society to let people innovate, to not expect people to ask permission for wanting to open a new store or come up with a new retail format or any of these other things that we that we typically want people to do. And indeed, another important element of the bourgeois deal is that it's not just tolerance, but in some senses, it's respect, it's dignity, it's veneration. If you ask a lot of people, what do you want to do? They'll say, well, we want to be, I want to be an innovator. I want to be a disruptor. Everybody wants to disrupt this space or that space or the other space. And they look up to Elon Musk. They look up to Steve Jobs. They look up to Mark Zuckerberg. They look up to people who have made in the last decade, decade and a half, some major, major changes in how we live, work and play. That deal seems to be breaking down. And it seems to have had periods where it has broken down and reemerged, mm -hmm. uh, at least maybe twice in the 20th century. Yeah. Uh, so what was the global experience? And if you want to focus on the U.S., that's fine. What was the experience in the 20th century of that deal not really holding up? So it's interesting insofar as the bourgeois deal is kind of a, at times I'm not sure if it's a delicate flower, at other times I'm not sure if it's a hardy weed, because... It, it, it has survived not for lack of trying to kill it. Uh, we refer to the period from 1914 to 1989, from roughly World War I through the, through the fall of communism, as, as the European Civil War or as Europe's 75-year suicide attempt. It comes and goes and it waxes and wanes. But uh, I take a little bit of comfort from Adam Smith, who said there's a great deal of ruin in a nation. And indeed, in any nation, particularly the United States right now, we can find a great deal of ruin if we look, but it doesn't really appear to be enough to completely squash everything. We we don't yet know how much we can choke the goose that lays the golden eggs before we kill it. Frankly, I don't want to know, but um, I... I've I've been encouraged by how robust it is in the face again of, of efforts to overturn it. Right. That in a conversation I had many, meant now many years ago with Don Boudreaux, it is so hard to tell. Uh, you know, markets react, markets respond, markets uh, work through whatever impediments are are put in place, and sometimes those results are very bad. Yeah. And sometimes the the disruption is minimized and. 
the water flows around it. Yeah, it, it kind of reminds me a little bit of, of Jeff Goldblum's character in Jurassic Park when he when he says life finds a way, and you know innovation finds a way or commerce finds a way. Um, people responding to incentives come up with all sorts of brilliant solutions, even to the problems that governments throw at them. Um, it would be nice if they didn't have to navigate some of these problems that governments throw at them, but for the most part, they do a, a reasonably decent job. And that, but there's a whole. Uh, side of the political spectrum that I think views markets acceptance of this kind of control. Mm -hmm. uh, they take for granted the output that uh, markets tend to provide. Right. Yeah. Um, well, actually, so we're at the Association of Private Enterprise Education Conference. And earlier today, David Schmitz in, in his plenary lecture talked about in the 19th century, people separating the problem of production from the problem of distribution. And he argues, and I agree, and I think most most people at this conference would agree that they're inseparable. They're, you can't say stuff gets produced and then talk about how you, how you distribute it. Um, the, the fundamental social question is not how do you divide an already existing pie that just happened to appear? It's how do you get the pie to begin with? And then how do you, what do you do to make the pie larger? What is the most effective argument to be made to people who maybe have this impulse to fix mm -hmm. uh, markets uh, in, in, in a way that they believe generally will be fine, will be acceptable, uh, that the rest of us might say, oh, no, 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 please don't. Yeah. So the bourgeois deal is, um, the bourgeois deal is the way we put it at, at the end of the book. So kind of a spoiler alert, I suppose, is a, a deal for a society of adults. It's, um, it recognizes that other people are not your property. It recognizes that other people are not there to serve you per se. It recognizes that you get from other people by making them better off. In the second chapter of Wealth of Nations, Adam Smith writes about the uh, how it's not from, the, from the, the, the benevolence of the butcher, the baker, the brewer that we have our dinner, but rather our appeal to their own interests. And I think a lot of people misinterpret that and say this is an apology for the worst kind of selfishness, like the way we try to teach our kids not to behave. But I think Smith is making a much, much deeper point, which is that the, the most important word in the commercial language is no. The most important right you have in a commercial society is the right to say no thank you to any deal that you're offered. And I think that respecting one another as moral equals requires us to respect other people's right to say no, even if we think they're making terrible choices. Rosewilder Lane said, every act of trade is an act of restraint of trade. It is. Yes, yes, yes. That we make decisions about who we're going to engage with mm -hmm. and that those movements and those decisions are constant and necessary. Right. The second volume of McCluskey's Bourgeois Trilogy is Bourgeois Dignity. And I've been thinking a lot about what it means to uh, what it means to respect other people's dignity, and in particular to help other people grow. So uh, I see this a lot with my own three small children. Um, one of the ways, and this is absolutely killing me at times, one of the ways we're trying to help our kids learn how to make good choices is by letting them make a good number of low stakes bad ones. Um, an example of this was several years ago. My, my daughter wanted to spend her money on something that I thought was, I thought was a waste of money. And I said, okay, well, sweetheart, I, uh, as your father and as an economist, I think you're making a terrible decision, but I'm not going to stop you. And she threw her hands up and said, yay. And ideally, you know, over time that, 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 that helped to plant and water some of the seeds of better decision-making at some point in the future. 
And that's it's such such an interesting thing because that that again goes to Smith, right? Fascination with trinkets, yes, and yeah. <laughs> and, and and waste and waste of uh, you know value. Oh yes, yes, yeah, yeah. That, that's a different, you know. I, um, she's ten, so we we haven't really spent a ton of time talking about Smithian self command, um, and and uh, sort of Smith's idea about the virtuous life. But but yeah, you know, she she is learning, and our our other other kids are learning as I've learned. Um, one of the ways that I came to understand, or I came to, 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 to grow into kind of a Smithian maturity, say, is by being able to look back and saying, you know, I, I really shouldn't have done that. You know, I wasted my money buying that thing or, you know, fill in the blank. I could tell hours and hours and hours of stories of terrible choices I've made. Um, but to bring this back to the bourgeois deal, I think we're, we, we're not treating each other as moral equals. We're treating each other almost as pets if we don't allow if we don't allow people, first of all, to make bad choices, and second of all, to bear the consequences of, the, of those bad choices. The great part of the bourgeois deal is that on net, the consequences have been fantastic for almost everybody. We've seen the greatest exodus out of mass poverty of the human species of, of at any time before today. Um, absolute poverty, extreme poverty in the world is falling like a stone, even as world population keeps increasing. So um, I don't want to dwell too much on you know, letting people make mistakes and things like that, because the system itself, the social process, has um, it has been one in which the successes have far outweighed the mistakes. And now we have you know, we have the luxury of being able to go on a podcast and tell semi-entertaining anecdotes about stupid things our, 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 our children did, instead of you know burying those same children who died of. of uh, what are now treatable diseases, but which would have been death sentences two or three centuries ago. Art Carden is co-author of Leave Me Alone and I'll Make You Rich, How the Bourgeois Deal Enriched the World. Subscribe to the Cato Daily Podcast pretty much anywhere and follow us on Twitter at Cato Podcast. 